big rocks and all that sort of thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well then, hello and welcome to another hot to trot edition of the Johnny James Hotton yeah, cause podcast. Yeah, because I see, because I, yeah, I had a bones pick with you. Uh oh, uh oh. Because I saw on Twitter. Oh yeah. Which you occasionally go on when you're not. Bit of, bit of fun. When you're not banned. Just from a it. bit of fun. When you're not banned. No, from I am Twitter. permanently banned. That, that no, Twitter you're account you're looking at, if you look, it doesn't say my name or my it picture. They occasionally come to me and say, "Is this you?" Think, and I go, "No." You honestly think that would uh, that would get you out of it? Well, it worked the first time. They literally came to me and checked with me because I put up a fucking pod we did, and I just say no, and they're like, "Well, what's your mobile number?" So, so it I says, gave them Linda's. So it says, "Join me, <laughs> W. Mick Wall, and my trusty side hack." It's a joke. Sidekick, side hack. Sidekick, side hack. See, that's how you see this relationship. <laughs> I will change that this week. It'll okay, be yeah, I think. Join should. Johnny co-hosts. James. Oh, co-hosts. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, 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 that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It is. Me and my co-host. Yes. Okay. All right, easy. Are you giving me that? You've got that no, I'm gleam just saying. In, you've got that gleam in your eyes. I don't care what you say. You look like the old cricketer <laughs> at the crease about to hit it for six. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, lots of things to talk about, but we're going to start on, I suppose, uh, well, a sad, definitely a sad note with the uh, tragic news in the last week or so of the death of Guy Bailey, who was the uh, one of two, the the, the main the founding, original, the original and the best guitarist in the Choir Boys. Yeah. Him and Spike, Guy and Spike, Spike the singer. They were the two. They were the Axel and Slash yeah, the, of. The, Gates Head, or wherever the, it was. They were the Eddie, Castle. And, Eddie and Dave. Yeah. The uh, the uh, Jagger and Richards, if you will. Yeah. The Lennon and McCartney. The Rod and whoever. Rod, Rod and Ronnie. Rod, Rod and Ronnie. Yeah, that's who they were like that, weren't they? Yeah. And he, then yeah, go on. Well, then yeah, then I suppose when we first sort of knew the Choir Boys, they they recruited Ginger, didn't they as well? So there was Guy Bailey, Ginger, yeah. and Spike, and Nigel Mogg. So yeah, it was See, quite. That was a, that they was were a quite great, a handful. That was a great uh, lineup. Lineup. Yeah. In fact, brilliant. didn't they not have a drummer for the longest time? Tr- yeah, no, because they got an get an American guy yeah, or something on the album. They, yeah. They, 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 yeah, yeah. But the four of them, they were the choir they were the original like the queer boys as, as they, they were. were known. Yeah. And then forced to change it to the choir boys. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. No, back in nineteen eighty, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. But I mean, they were at the forefront of you know it, it's a a curious scene in that obviously L.A. was leading the way and Motley Crue and mm. all of those bands. But there was a sort of scene, a scuzzy rock and roll 
glam rock, call it what you want, scene in the UK. There really was. That, yeah, it was uh, sats in the sense that you couldn't live that lifestyle, the LA lifestyle, if you were in, you know, Wales where Tiger Tales came from or, oh, yeah, Evesham, where... Evesham where Rothschild came from or Newcastle where Choir Boys came from. But then they came to London and they did sort of make this scene happen you know this well there was a, a load of great bands i don't think hardly any of them came from london uh but there was the choir boys uh wolf spain of course the mighty wolf spain from the, the van halen of tamworth absolutely yeah. tiger tales what, the other one you just mentioned rothschild they were rothschild. Earlier, weren't they but they were low i mean and they were, you know they but, but hang on hang on also Dogs to Moor. Dogs to Moor, yeah with tyler yeah, yeah. they yeah. were from the midlands or he yeah. was tattooed love boys they, oh, tattooed yeah, what a great name! Yeah, it was a great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a scene, definitely a scene, and it was kind of centered around the fact that Spike, when he arrived in London, started that club, didn't he? With Butts, who was who? Do you remember Spike and Butts? They used to have that club night. Oh, and it was every bell. Tuesday. Oh. Uh, uh, and it would sort of carry on. You know, there'd be a gig, and then the club night would happen. <laughs> It was called Butts and Spikes. And who Butts was in another? He maybe he was in, maybe he was in Dogs to Moor or something. But they definitely had the club night because Ray Zell was in a group, wasn't he? Called Marionette. Marionette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ray Zell was kind of involved with all of those people. And then you know it was uh, Stevie James from Tiger Tales and Pepsi Tate, the late Pepsi Tate. It's very yeah. you know sad that he died quite yeah. a long while ago. Yeah, he did. You know, and he was a lovely bloke. Didn't Pepsi. we used to take the piss out of Pepsi? Quite in, a lot, In, in yeah. Kerrang for shaving his legs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even but know he if he like, did. We just started No, but there the was rumor. that sort of crossover, wasn't there? Because Ginger used to write uh, horror film reviews for Kerrang. I can't remember if he did it under a pseudonym. I think he did. I'm trying to remember. Because I used to run that page, the culture page. Oh, yeah, culture yeah. with a K. yeah. And Ginger used to be able to get hold of, um, uh, like, you know, uh, what you would do back in the day called video nasties. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, ones with people, the evil dead and things like that. <laughs> Ginger would get hold of copies of those and review them, which was quite funny. And Pepsi, I'm sure, wrote some stuff. Uh, drew some stuff. He was a brilliant artist, wasn't he? I'm sure he drew some stuff. It rings a bell. Uh, I, my and, of course, he um, featured in the famous... Uh, do you remember we used to do Kerrang merchandise? Oh, yeah. And you could buy sweatshirts and stuff like that. <laughs> Pepsi was one of the male models for that. <laughs> he was prettier than the girl. Was, yeah. We had a lady killer girl no, in there. Yeah. And he was more, he was he actually... He was better looking than her. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be honest, given the the uh, level of la- lady killer <laughs> we used to get. start with you. <laughs> Sexist nonsense. What? You used to love that opening all the letters. If you if a letter came in addressed to lady killers, you'd rip that one open first. Have a look at the photos. In my capacity as view from the bar editor, yeah. you see, it was important that I, in the context of the Mac, that I um, thoroughly check yeah. all photographic material. And of course, speaking of view from the bar, that's where Spike and Guy really kind of got their reputation wasn't it because it was. wherever you whether it was spikes club or wherever it was you went they always you know very much seemed to be there they always were yeah uh, but uh you know so was neil murray yeah um do you know i interviewed neil murray um 
what book would that be? Black Sabbath. So we're going yeah. back. Well, he was in years. Black Sabbath. Of yeah, of course, course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> he was in everything. Uh, and everyone was in Black Sabbath yeah. at a certain point in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, he was in Sabbath with Cozy Powell, um, the singer, the cat, Tony Cat, the cat, cat Martin. Catley, Martin. Oh, not Catley. No, that was the other cat. <laughs> not that cat, this cat. <laughs> Um, who else? So Neil Murray on bass, Cozy, and then, oh Why Don you... Airy on keyboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just remembering Neil Murray. Yeah. Oh, because uh, ten years ago when I'm working on the book on Sabbath, I thought I'd tra- track Neil down. Yeah, because no one talks to Neil about no. the, his Sabbath era, and uh, I don't know what he does now. But at the time, he was working in the pit orchestra in the musical it might have been we will rock you or it might have been something else yeah was in that yeah regular gig yeah good well gig paid. yeah definitely yeah um but busy you know matinees and evenings yeah. and that but fi- and he seemed a little bit evasive but man's busy but anyway i finally got him on the phone and i was really expecting hey, hey you know remember the old days and um because we always got on. Neil got on with everybody. Yeah, didn't he? he was well, always that's why he was there. The ligger, that's why he got invited to everything because <laughs> he could oil the social wheels. And if he wasn't invited, he just turned up and you <laughs> assumed he had, had been. been invited. Yeah, yeah. Um, he 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 seemed a bit off, and I, and so eventually I said, "He's a very nice bloke," you know. I was like, "Everything okay?" He said, "Well, he said it took me a long while to get over it, but you know there was a period where, to be honest, your name was mud to me." Ooh. Another one. Another one. Another like, one on the list. I was like, really? Why? Because all I could think was, we always got on great, and he was always in view from the bar. Yeah. And he was saying, he wouldn't be specific, but the general sort of vibe was, all that view from the bar stuff did him no favour. Oh, really? What, because we just said he was a ligger? Yeah. I think we he would put a... him in places even if he didn't turn up. <laughs> it was one of those. Who was there? Oh, I'm sure Neil Murray was yeah, there, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it was, it was quite sad. I, I found myself apologising for something I didn't yeah. know what I was apologising for. Just, Neil, I don't know what it was, but I, I, whatever it was, I apologise. I've never had any bad feelings towards you, you know. So he would be there. Um, and as for Pepsi, I think I think I started that rumour in view from the bar that he shaved his legs. Yeah. Well, do you remember uh, Stevie James, who was the sort of live wire singer, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He, he chased Malcolm down Wardour Street with a plank of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Dome? Yeah. That would have been in his Yummel car days, wasn't it? Uh, no, well, I think probably after, because oh, okay. Tiger Tales was slightly after that, weren't they? Yeah, there was some row going on in the market. <laughs> of course. And Malcolm or the in San the Maritz. Yeah. <laughs> Samaritz, yeah. oh my god. Where you would also always find Spike and Guy. Yeah. And the Samaritz, for people that don't remember, was a, actually a restaurant over the road from the marquee that had some kind of weird upstairs drinking room, didn't it? I mean, it was. Well, or was it downstairs it, down, or up, it was down, downstairs? Because I remember having to go down the yeah, stairs. Yeah, downstairs, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was there was the restaurant, and then the guy used to. can't remember his name now. But the guy who ran it used to keep it open downstairs, in a you know, because commercially it made great sense. Well, it was always full of yeah people Spike, who'd been in the market. Guy, yeah. Yeah. Lemmy, yeah. Neil Murray. Yeah, because back in those days the pubs used to close. They did. And the pubs closed at eleven. What did you do? 
Well, the ward, um, the marquee in Wardour Street, it, there was that kind of Bermuda Triangle of yeah. starting the ship. Yeah, which was next, very on the corner by the marquee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from the ship, stagger to the marquee. Marquee ends, stagger across the road to St. Moritz. Yeah. And I remember the steps because one particular night I nearly got into a fight. It was like a Marillion thing. Yeah. And, uh, but all the usual crowd were there. And I, I, I'd had a couple of very small sherries and uh, wasn't feeling myself. And um, I forget the background, but usual drunken thing, what are you looking at? I'll have you, I'll have you. There was just some bloke with his mates in the corner, and I think they just... Uh, when I used to do Monsters of Rock, these used to happen yeah. quite a lot. Who, he look who, wanker, blah, 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 blah. And someone said, that bloke's calling you a wanker. I was like, which bloke? <laughs> they went that way. I went, yeah, fuck you, mate. Uh, ha, 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 back to my drink. <laughs> and then about half an hour later, I'm leaving. Yeah. And I'm going up the stairs, and, I t- and this bloke's chasing up. Oi, oi, he's chasing after me. So I turn round, and I'm now facing him, and he's coming up. And I went, come on then, you cunt. Yeah. And he turned and ran. Yeah, quite Boy, was I relieved. Yeah. Quite a big bloke. Was it Neil Murray? <laughs> <laughs> it was just lucky it was the stairs. Yeah. I, mean, it was the st- I had the advantage, I had the high ground, you see. Yeah. But I tell you what, I woke up the next day and remembered it. I was shitting myself. What the fuck did you do? Yeah, it could have been Idiot. Evil, yeah. What if he'd gone all right then and killed yeah. you? Know? Yeah. Happy day. So Guy Bailey, yeah. he was he always recognisable by the hat I yeah, used to find. I don't think I ever because saw him without that. Without, because, yeah, you would scan across the crowd in whatever bar it was <laughs> and you just see the hat. <laughs> Because he was quite reasonably yeah. tall. There's guy, yeah. Because it was, it was, it was like everyone. If people had a hat in those days, I would say you had a baseball cap, or you had one of those leather cowboy hats that you see for sale at Reading Rock. But guys, wasn't either of those. No. It was sort of like a brown hat, definitely brown. That, that I don't know. It had a kind of wasn't a cowboy hat. I'd, I'd find it hard to describe. But wasn't it wasn't Trilby, was it? Wasn't no, 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 because it had a, a hom- big Homburg, maybe like a Homburg or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and I I liked the I liked that sort of look they had because it was quite sort of Oliver Twist, you know. Yes, the, it was like waistcoats. Yes, yeah, waistcoat, but, but pinstripe waistcoats and a <laughs> kerchief. <laughs> One time, I, I must have made a few bob, very rare in those days, and I'd bought myself this beautiful white silk scarf yeah. for just these occasions yes. and I was with my then girlfriend who who just couldn't give a penny away without screaming you know she was psychotic you know um and uh we were going somewhere in a taxi with Spike he was like oh I like your wheat scarf and, and you know, Scar- um, Spike always wore a scarf. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. And I was like, and I like it was all sort of polka dot or something. And I went, I'll swap you. He was like, whoa, boy, oh, uncanny yeah. lad. You know, so he takes his filthy. Phil, yeah, so how many years would that have been round his neck? Because I didn't know till I held it. Yeah. Nylon. Yeah. This nylon. He got it off the market <laughs> somewhere. Probably got it off a tramp yeah. that has been sick yeah. and swallowed his dentures. Yeah. You know. But because he was quite good looking, it looked good on the spike. <laughs> so he unwraps this disgusting nylon rag and yeah. passes it to me. 
and I give him my brand new yeah. white silk scarf. And my girlfriend is going, you can't fucking do that, you can't. I'm like, shut, shut up, up, bitch. Yeah. You're lucky to be here. Like, I didn't say that. And I was like, oh, it's all right, darling. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up with spikes. Lovely, oh, lovely. I can, do you know how many times I wore it, though? Uh, pro- well, I think you wore it for about the next two and a half years. Never. Never. No, never. I did wear it, actually, all right. Did you? Not for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that kind of look obviously suited you very well. Oh, very you much You know, the so. scarf and the waistcoat, yes. the Oliver Twist. Yeah, so I had the hair yeah. in those days. Yeah. You know, I had the hair and the... The gaunt. See, whether Guy Bailey had the hair or not, I'm not sure. Well, but we he don't was, know. But he was the one who, I mean, he came up with a lot of the songs, didn't he? He came up with a lot of the early, oh, it's seven o'clock, time for a party. That one. Yeah. That was theirs. That was one of my favourites. Hey, you, what, what you going to do? Stand for your man. Just, you really yeah, just like too. that. Yeah. He came up with all those, Guy. He did. He was the epitome of... I remember once when Classic Rock moved down to Bath over 20 years ago now, just for a brief period, when Future bought the magazine. And we're in this open plan office and literally on the next desk across is Total Guitar. Right. And they're all guitar nerds, you know. As you'd expect. Very placid. Whereas um, we were rather less so. But... um, I remember they were having an argument one day. And it was like, they're having an argument? <laughs> oh, this might have be good. Mm. And what it was was, because as well as the nerds, they did have a couple that could really, you know, they knew all about, all about that. And their guy that knew all about that and could play all that inevitably was like Elon Musk, you know. He yeah. was like, you know, <laughs> couldn't fucking relate to anything. And he was saying Steve Vai was at that moment the greatest guitarist in the world. And a couple of timid ones are going, well, I'm not so sure. So I waded in. I was like, that's bollocks. That's absolute fucking bollocks. Yes, he can widdly, 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 widdly. I said, but can he write a fucking hit? And if he can... Why hasn't he? Yeah. Because he hasn't. Good point, yeah. He Not hasn't. one fucking hit. No, he had to wait for old Cuff to come along. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you and do one of his old songs yeah. that probably Bernie or Mickey Moody wrote. Yeah. You know. And I forget what example I gave. It could have been Guy. Yeah, it wasn't Guy at the time, but I'm like, you know, Ronnie Wood has written some great songs and I don't think he can solo, he just does block Keith Richards can't mm. barely play the fucking thing. <laughs> but he's but written he wrote some Jumping shit. Jack Flash. Yeah. yeah. Brown sugar, yeah, yeah. satisfaction, the list goes on, you know. So I said, uh, you know, you're talking bollocks. I also remember, do you remember, was Dave Oberly before your time? At no, Green? no, no. Dave Oberly was the ad manager when he, I turned he up. He was. Yeah. Well, he'd been, I don't know what, the drummer yes, in he was. Griffon. Yeah. Griffin. Griffon. Griffon. This p- prog terrible rock. prog rock group. <laughs> the only prog rock group that never did anything. Yeah, yeah. He told me once that they had some shows in America opening for Stevie Wonder. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "He said we come out and we because they used to have flutes and He said, and "All these this whole black audience going, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. The fuck off, man! Where's Stevie? <laughs> no, you're like in old England times." Well, he was. A great one for, you know, oh, the production on this is amazing. Yeah. And I remember that song had come out, um, We Built This City. Yeah. 
We built this city on rock and roll. And I used to hate that song. I hated it. Hated it. I hated it. Because it was like, we built this song. That's not rock and roll. Yeah. I remember sort of voicing this opinion in the Kerrang office one day. And Oberly was like, I'm going to have to stop you there. Yeah. The production is simply superb. And I'm speaking in my role as the drummer in Griffin, <laughs> not the ad manager of Kerrang. Yeah, don't, did I tell you I was once in Griffin? Yeah, you, yeah, you barely mentioned it. <sighs> it's um, like, it's like, oh, like, ow, ow, ow. Um, what was his name from Sounds? John, the ad manager on Sounds. Oh, like Rod Stewart. Band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ow, 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 you see. Come along. He was a he John, would dress, Newey. John, John Newey. Newey. He would dress exactly like the choir boys. He was dressed in the suit and the waistcoat and the kerchief, and he'd always be. And he was his best mate was Chris Jagger. I was just about he was to say going, that. Oh, oh, me and Chris, me and Chris was down at the so and so. Yeah, they used to go out because Chris yeah. Jagger looked exactly like, like his brother, <laughs> and John Newey looked exactly <laughs> like Rod Stewart when he was in the faces. I mean, the, the choir boys got all that from well, John, the faces. Yeah, I mean, that's John, John Newey's hair used to cause great amounts of speculation because it was kind of scaffolded up by this point. Yeah. Well, when I first met him in the late 70s, it was the real Rod Stewart. Yeah. But as yeah. he got older, obviously, yeah, it had to be stopped. a bit of adjustment. Yeah. Accommodation. Yes. But he told to me... To the actuality. He used, he used to boast about him and Chris going to some party and they let us in because they thought I was Rod and he was me. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Jagger being, nah, nah, nah. What's your name, Jagger? Jagger. Yeah, you can call me Jagger. <laughs> so he was insane. He'd been in a band, didn't he? Day, day, yeah, uh, John, yeah. o, uh, John, John Oblay. John Newey had been in a band. Yeah. I can't remember. The so both ad managers, you got to remember like <laughs> back in the day in a, in a, in a magazine, the ad department and the um, editorial department, you just sat together. There was no division of labour. No, no. They sat there flogging ads and you sat there, we sat there cranking out whatever it was. Yeah. And the music would be playing and all the rest of it. And, really uh, loudly. Yeah, so it was still a kind of rock and roll job. You know, Steve McTaggart, who was Dave <laughs> Oberlay's... Hold up, hold up. He was Oberlay's assistant, wasn't he? He, he was managing, managing... He was managing... Tarazara or yeah. whatever they were called. Tarazara. Tarazara. Have you heard the new so Tarazara 12-inch? Like, they'd be trying to... They're supposed to be flogging ads. <laughs> Overly would be on the phone talking about Griffin or something. And Tarazara would be trying to get gigs for Tarazara. <laughs> or it's get true. them a record deal, you know. I know. Yeah. McTaggart it's insane. McTaggart would go, you coming to the Tarazara gig tonight? Mm. I went, no, we've got any ads today? <laughs> yeah. Any fucking ads to pay the wages? Um, uh. So, Guy, but here was the thing. So, um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Because I think when Ginger came in, there was this... Uh, I didn't I didn't pick up on it at all at the time, so I don't think I really knew them as well as you guys did, but um, there was definitely a tension between Ginger as the other guitarist is getting all the attention. Yeah. And also Ginger was pretty fucking good guitarist. Ginger was a really good guitarist. And also I I think he sort of, he obviously, I mean, it became obvious as soon as he formed the Wild Hearts that he was a different kind of songwriter to, you know, guy who was a very traditional rock and roll songwriter. That was it. You say no frills, Keith Richards style, three or four chords. That was it. That was your song. It didn't need anything other than that, in his opinion, and Spike was a great singer for that because he was like a, he was like a young Rod Stewart. <clears throat> and they got- so they get get you know them and the Wolfsbane and the Choir Boys. They did a, I remember I think it was it might have been the first cover story I ever wrote for Crank. They went on the road together, right? And uh, we did a cover, a joint cover of Wolfsbane and Choir Boys. I can't remember if they were photographed together. Or it was one of those split things. I don't remember exactly what it was now but i remember the tour and that was you can imagine what the tour was like and uh very soon after that the choir boys got a record deal with emi and managed by sharon osborne they got the deal i can't remember what way round it they was they got the deal and then sharon the label had said you need a proper manager right okay and sharon it was just at that moment where she had taken on lita ford she was looking to expand her empire. Yeah. And shortly after, she took on Bonham. Yeah. And others. Um, and I remember Spike, you know, who's wonderfully indiscreet. He was like, fucking Sharon's fucking marvel. I can't do the thing. Mm. But um, I was like, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I knew her. And um, he goes, the minute she came in, our publishing deal, it must have meant him and Guy. Mm. Um he said, we got 180 grand straight away like that the <laughs> yeah. minute Sharon came in. Just renegotiated everything. Yeah. He's like, 180 yeah. fucking grand? I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He goes, I've already fucking spent it. <laughs> yeah. Have a scarf. Well, the ridiculous thing was, Wolfsbane at this, about the same time got there. You know, they signed to Deaf American, which seemed like yeah. a really weird thing. Because Rick Rubin really liked them. Yeah, I really liked them. Yeah, well, they were brilliant, but Rick Rubin was completely the wrong producer for them yeah. because he did that Rick Rubin thing of making... But as, as the upshot of that, I think they had to go to LA mm. and the choir boys also went to LA. <laughs> so it was a ridiculous situation where they both, you know, found themselves in LA at the same time as well. The first time Spike and Guy and the rest of the guys turned up in LA, Sharon was their manager. Mm. I was in LA. I don't remember what for, but she um, she said, uh, "Listen, the, uh, the choir boys are arriving today. I'm taking them out for dinner tonight. Will you come?" I was like, "Yeah," mm-hmm. and, and and it was because she wanted to. She didn't really know. Did them. you have your scarf on? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that was uh, one of the occasions when I realised Spike and Guy were actually the nucleus the, yeah, of the, the band. The, yeah, the creative yeah. thrust, as it were. Yeah. And I remember Ginger looking very kind of not involved. Yeah, because Ginger was a lot more... He was also into a lot of those American bands, not the hair metal bands, but sort of New York-type yeah. 
bands, wasn't he? Well, he joined a couple, a... didn't he, briefly? He here did event... there. Yeah, I can't remember I who can't it was. Some terrible either, but... freaking like sub Aerosmith, you know, <laughs> cult New York. We're like, fucking, what are you doing in that, you know? But um, yeah, so they were always liked. You know, Ginger, I remember the day. I'm sure we've spoken about it before, but the yeah. day Ginger got sacked. Yeah. Because <laughs> he came into Garang and said, oh, I've got to go and see Sharon. And we were like, oh, she's going to sack you. And then he came, come, back, came back about an hour later with a face like death. She sacked me. I said, don't worry, Ginger, I've got a couple of videos you can review. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that was um, Guy behind that? Because I don't know. I really don't well, know. Well, because I tell you, I tell you, I... I because as you say, Spike was always quite indiscreet and would tell you what was going on, but Guy was quite enigmatic and never uh, used to say very much, as yeah. far as I can remember. Yeah. And Nigel Mogg, I think, by that point, didn't he end up getting some kind of modelling contract or something and went off and... Moggling? Yeah, some kind of thing like that. It was in Japan. Nigel Mogg? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sure that's right. Huh. It's de- well, it definitely is right, because oh. I'm telling you now. Something like that happened. So Nigel Mogg was getting a load of attention. Ginger was getting a load of attention. And, and they didn't have a drummer, so that didn't just, have a left, drummer, just uh, left Spike, and, Spike guy. and Guy. So then, yeah, then they kind of reformed a bit around once Ginger left, they got someone else. and Yeah, kind of a mini-me. Yeah. Guy, was also, le- also named Guy. He was also called Guy, wasn't he? It was confusing. <laughs> but then Ginger went off, and obviously Dante, had, by that point, left Kerrang, Dante Benuto, and had a deal doing A&R at Atlantic. And I remember him going on and on about how brilliant Ginger's demos were. And I was just like, Ginger, <laughs> they won't be any good. Well, and then he played them and they were, they were fabulous. Really good, yeah. yeah. No, I remember hearing them. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is I have no, I have no, there's no basis I'm basing this on other than my own thoughts. But my thoughts back then were that Spike was... Um, you know, pretty sus guy. You know, yeah. he, he he understood the business in a way that a lot of them didn't. Um, and my feeling was that he'd have been okay carrying on with Ginger, simply because Ginger did bring Ginger had that amazing hair. Do he did have good hair. Yeah. I think the best hair I've ever. And it's natural. <laughs> Seriously, I've got a picture of me somewhere with Ginger uh, in LA on that trip uh, on the couch at the place I was staying, playing with the dog. And I'm sitting here like this, looking at him. And I've got what I've got going on. And he's sitting down here, leaning over to play with the dog. And all you can see is this enormous... Crest. Cre- and you can hardly see his face. But yeah. it's all real. It's all natural. Yeah. I met Ginger's, one of his children, last summer. Or whenever. And uh, I said to him, do you know your dad, when I first met him, had the most incredible hair I've ever seen? And I called Chill, and he was like, yeah, <laughs> so what? Yeah. That world didn't exist because I wasn't alive. Yeah, yeah. Kids. But, so I don't know about that, but I, my feeling was that maybe it was Guy saying, look, I, I fucking can't stand this guy anymore. Let's get rid of him. Maybe. Maybe because I think Spike, Sharon would have realised that Spike and Guy were the mm. were the two. I mean, Ginger went. You, you look rich, but Ginger was never going to stay in the choir voice because it wasn't his thing, you know. So, I think even if they'd gone up and become an Aerosmith or something, he would have been there for a couple of albums and then he would have left. You reckon? Yeah, I, well, I know. <laughs> no, I reckon. I do reckon that because I just think if you listen to the music he's produced and the way that he's worked, I think he, you know, he's a lone wolf. He's he's that kind of guy. You know? He is. No, you're absolutely right. And you look at his career, and he chops and changes all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, he's quite sort of restless creatively. Whereas, yeah, had Guy stayed in the choir because he left, and God knows what he did, but um, you know, they they would have produced album after album that sounded very much like the Choir Boys. I will tell you one thing I didn't realise about them in those days, but I it became thunderously clear to me as the years went by is the authenticity of what they did because I was a big Rod Stewart and the Faces fan at that formative age when you buy your first mm. LP and your first records out of your your money your own money newspaper round or whatever it is and um, so for me the Choir Boys when I first encountered them were entirely derivative like like any of that means anything anymore but in those days I, it was a different world 88 87 it was i still felt you had to have something original yeah which was duh. um and hey you was you know that riff has been used so many times <laughs> they don't even yeah. disguise it yeah um but they proved themselves i think incredibly authentic i mean mm. i had some dealings with sky uh, uh spike two or three years ago and uh, he just he didn't appear to have changed no, one No, I don't bit. think he has at all, yeah. And also they did have, I mean, you know, they did sign to him either, they had the Sharon Osbourne thing, and they did have a, was it a number one album over here? Number Certainly two. a gold record. Number two, yeah, a so bit they, of what you fancy. Yeah, so they had a, like, yeah. They I were had a gold, big, they gave me a gold record yeah, they for were it. a big band, you know, they were, uh, you know, a, a major act. So Do you know what <laughs> fucked it for them in America? Uh, what fucked it for them was... America, yeah, and I always found this because I thought it was the same with Thunder. You know, they came onto that scene a bit latterly, but they were a little bit older and had already gone round with mm. Terraplane. Yeah, um, uh, so they weren't really part of that scene, but they they had their success pretty much the same year the Choir Boys did, except Backstreet Symphony only got to like number twenty one in the mm. chart. Thunder were the new flavor of the month. Mm. Rightly so in those days. Um, but they didn't have a great manager. They had a, the guy that used to be the singer before Danny came along. You know, fucking no good for American success. The Choir Boys had Sharon Osbourne. When she was really Sharon Osbourne, Lita had just had a huge yeah, success with... Um, Close My Eyes with Ozzy. Oh, yeah. But also... Um, Kiss me, dead. Yeah, that was the famous was when she was on the cover of Kerrang! with the horse. Th- that's they right, sent the big, They sent the big man out to get that story. <laughs> I remember she said, you get on one horse yeah, and, I'll, and we'll do the interview like that. Yeah, I'm like, fuck we did. off. Yeah. She said, well, how about we drive jeeps and you do the interview like that? I was like, no. How about so you she sit said, there and I talk to you? Yeah, so she said, yeah, send a real man. So, so you went. Yeah, so I went, yeah. And what did you ask her? Did you say, give us a kiss? Oh, God. <laughs> Probably. Chris Holmes yeah. standing said, there looking at you. kiss me deadly. Oh, very yeah. good, very Chris good. Holmes staring at me in case I make a move on his wife. And Holmes looking at you said, you kiss her, dude, and I'll close Chris, your eyes forever. I tweeted that I would have believed him because Chris Holmes was massive. He was about seven feet He still is, mate. Yeah. He still is. Yeah. He's got his new, uh, he's doing his new tour and album, Mean Man. Yeah, it's very aptly titled. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so they were. So, yeah, but I tell you, I, I'll give you, I'll no, give you, no, I'll give you three. St- let me, I'll give you three story. words that will tell you why the Choir Boys didn't make it in America. Go on. The Black Crows. Okay, you, you've slightly preempted me here. No, no, you're right, but so to speak. But there's no reason they couldn't have made it as no, well. That's true. That's very true. But yeah. why didn't they? 
here's why they didn't, in my opinion. Um, the Black Crows, when I first met them, you know, were complete unknowns. Um, I don't think their first album had even come, come out. There's a huge wasp trying to get through the window. Um, and uh, Try and focus on what you're Sorry, sorry. And um, I remember being yes, with them in San Francisco in the back of a tiny van. Yeah. And they did this show, together. half full. And because um, it was San Francisco, uh, Lars turned up afterwards. Of course he did. So we're in the dressing room. And the Black Crows had already kicked David Lee Roth out of the video shoot for Jealous Again. Uh, yeah, and, and, and explain the connection between David Lee Roth and the Black Crows. David Lee Roth's manager, Pete Angelis. Yes took on the Black Crows, like Sharon had with the choir yeah, boys. Exactly. They'd already done the deal, and the label have said, look, we need someone better than their best mate managing them. Let's get a big-time proper manager, enter Pete Angelis, um, who, again, I knew. And so Pete took me to the video shoot of Jealous Again, and there were all these drop-dead gorgeous, I mean, L.A. You know, these are the most incredibly sexy-looking women in the world. And they're all posing and doing this stuff for the video. And Roth is in there directly. <laughs> and uh, and I, I'm, I've come along. Roth, wasn't Roth supposed to be like, because they were the Picasso brothers, weren't they? Pete Angelson and Dave Roth. Yeah. Roth was, was he like a partner or something? Could or? be. Yeah. Could be. Got a, got a taste. Yeah, yeah. Change a word, get a third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in management, styly, that's what he was doing. Yeah. So I've been brought along as a sort of come for the hang. It's all yeah. good times, you know. And I turn up, and the, the atmosphere is not good, but I am busy looking at the girls, to be honest. I mean, my God. Um, and suddenly I'm hustled into a... If you can... If you, if you just wait in there a second, you know. And the next thing I see Andrews with his hand on Roth's back, leading him into another room. Mm. And then all you can hear is... <laughs> the Black Crows have said to Angeles. Get that fucking asshole out of here or you're fired. <laughs> and I remember being astonished because yeah. I was thinking... You can't call Dave Lee Roth an asshole. You can't tell him to get out. He's, yeah, he's here. He's Dave Lee Roth. He's doing you a favour. Yeah. So if ever you see that video, none of the girls... No, are... I do remember the video. Yeah, it's on. The, it's in the big mansion, the garden, isn't yeah, it? A bit big boring, party. isn't it? A bit boring. Jealous again? Yeah. The video? Don't you think I want to? Don't you think I would? However it goes. That's not how it goes. Yeah, don't you gonna <laughs> tell me, baby, if I only could. That one, isn't it? It doesn't go like it that. It does. It goes, jealous. Yeah, it goes, jealous Don't you again. think I want to, don't you? Jealous. Jealous again. Maybe I'm blind, maybe I'm something, maybe jealous, jealous again. That's how it goes. Well, my main memory is none of the birds are in the video. I'm like, why? Okay, yeah. throw Roth out, but the I mean, birds. Let's be honest, the choir boys would not have chucked the girls out. <clears throat> Definitely not. So here's the thing. This is nineteen ninety and um the Black Crows go on tour of America and they play every shithole you can imagine. Um Jealous Again comes out, it is not a hit. Uh, they only take off big when Hard to Handle comes yeah. out, that second single. But that, but all their career and that first few months after Angelus was managing them, it was literally every bar and shithole they could book them into just to get keep them working, keep them working. And um, and Spike, I remember saying to me, 
it fell apart with Sharon because she booked us on this stupid tour of America. And we were just playing these bars and clubs and no one knew who we were. And I'm thinking, oh, you mean like the Black yeah, Crows? Yeah, yeah. Except they did it. Because to them, it's not like we're in America. It's just where they live. So where else are we going to yeah, play? Yeah, yeah. But I think that alerted Sharon to the fact that they were kind of one and done. You know, they were a very British thing, I think, to kind of get that success and just go, we're good. Yeah. I mean, Thunder, another typical example, the second album went to number two. And they were, on Axel's recommendation, then the hottest star in the world, they were signed to Geffen. And they had bad luck with grunge and all the rest of it. But I remember them saying they, they never actually did a tour of America. They did a few shows off their own back. Mm. And I'm thinking, but that's where they would have... Seen. Thunder in America. Free, faces, mm. who, bad company. I mean, it, it was a fucking no-brainer. But it didn't happen because they didn't want to put in the work. Yeah. There you go. They'd come home here and do the Hammersmith Odeon, and oh, we're we're amazing, you know. And I think that is a British conundrum, you know. I think they feel we've done the Hammersmith Odeon. Why are we going back to playing yeah. some horrible bar in Palkeepsie? Palkeepsie, Palkeepsie. Yeah. Who knows? But Guy. Now the thing with Guy is, I think he did have hair because you could always see it underneath. Yeah. But did you ever see him take the hat off? Never saw him take the hat off, I don't think. No, do you think he think slept he did. in it? I wonder if he did. I wonder, I, if wonder he slept. If he did. I wonder if he actually slept. <laughs> he always had a very kind of sallow complexion. I tell you, a few yeah. years ago, when I first when we first moved to the farm, yeah. and I always have to qualify this by saying we don't it's own it. It's not your farm. It's yeah. not my farm. They're not your cows. They're not my... Well, there, there aren't any cows, but if there were, they're not mine either. Um, but uh, we we rent, you know. But if you look out our back garden, there is the most spectacular view of the Thames Valley. It's amazing, and in photographs you can't really see the fence. Yeah. So it looks a bit like that's you know, yours. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a picture once, saying you know, my back garden, and uh, on Twitter or something like that, Facebook, and guy replied. He goes, "Here's my back garden." And it was like a scene out of Bukowski's Skid Row. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he was living, but he was like taken out of his window and it was just a street full of homeless people and oh drunks. And yeah, it looked really like fucking hell. I mean, he could have been one of those people, you know, like you've got those guys who like live in Soho for their whole life. Yeah, yeah. He could be like that. Yeah. You know, whereas most people go, oh, I can't stand, after about a year, you go, I can't stand this anymore. I think it was more like Kentish Town. Yeah, than, maybe. Than yeah, Soho. yeah. It, it didn't look. It didn't have any charm. Yeah, but K Kent K Town, as they call it. <laughs> K Town's very boho these days. <laughs> well, then probably further afield. Maybe it's probably not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Those places now, they like you can't move for a million well, quid houses. Where was houses. guy from? He wasn't from Newcastle. I can't it? remember. I don't think he was. No one knows where he was from. No. He was or a bit where, of a man of mystery, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, mysterious guy. And do we know how he died? No, I don't. I wouldn't like to speculate. Yeah, I Spike don't know. just said he passed. I mean, him and Spike must have been lifelong friends. So yeah, and they'd agreed to get agreed to get the band back together, hadn't they? 
So that was a shame as well. What's the deal? Someone sent me a message the other day saying they, they saw the choir boys. Well, there's another choir boy. It was Guy Griffin singing. Yeah, so, so Spike got kicked. <laughs> classic Ginger Spike got style. kicked out of the wild yeah, yeah, Ginger gets kicked out. You know, Spike gets kicked out of the choir. Said, that can't happen. You can't, get, happen, yeah. can't get kicked out your own band. It's like saying, you know, Stephen Tyler got kicked out of Aerosmith. Yeah. It's like, it can't happen, no, you know. No. But it did. But it did nonetheless. But yeah. does Spike have a like Spike's choir? Yes, yeah, so the Spike's got the. Well, that was going to be Spike and Guy. So oh. what? And Nigel Mogg, I think, as well. Right. So what now would happen? I don't know whether he will. Interesting combo, though, because you know, like Guy was the master of the catchy, simple, yeah. block chord, beautiful thing. Spike, I, again, I didn't realise till years later, and I, I finally spoke to him, I wasn't completely out of my mind, and he wasn't, or maybe he was. But he's an extremely accomplished, classically trained musician. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that, no. He's a better guitarist than any of them. <laughs> yeah. He is. Maybe he can do the album, maybe he just do it, Spike will do it on his own. Who knows? I don't know. I hope he does. Happy Good days, luck, though. Spike. Good Sorry luck, to hear Spike. about Guy. Yeah. Good luck, Spike. Yeah, we Guy was you. a fantastic character. Yeah. Now, before we go, uh, 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 better news on the old rock stars dying front. Uh, our dear old friend, you mentioned him earlier, um, Blaze Blaise Bailey. Bailey. See, this no Guy relation. Bailey, Blaze Bailey. Yeah. Do you think Bill Bailey should be uh, yeah. should be looking it's over his... Poor, poor old... Oh, man, <laughs> Poor old Blaze had the old uh, tr- like triple heart bypass or something. Is that what he had? That's I know what he had. had. But he's, but I saw on yes, but I saw on uh, Twitter or whatever it was, Facebook. Um, and so yeah, he'd had the op and he was off to convalesce. Right. So we wish him well with his convalescence. We really do, and and don't rush it. No, uh, don't know. That's good I, advice. I yeah. myself had a, a heart attack. 18 years ago um, and it, there was no triple height heart bypass surgery or anything. They just put a stent in. Um, but fuck me, man. It took, I reckon, whew, at least two years to... Really? Wow. Yeah. You don't yeah. realise it at the time. You yeah. think, I'm, I'm good. No. No, you're really not good. Yeah. Um, uh, and in the end, it was, it was uh, you know, actually it was a really long time. It was only when I started going to a gym again and things like that that I, I started to get a little bit better. Yeah. But these are, they really take it out of you. Well, yeah. So good so luck, Good Blaise. luck, Blaze. Uh, and on that bombshell, goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs> 